0: To back in my day, bonus content. I am joined Woo. today with Ian Walter, and we are going to talk uh, Hawkeye because we just finished the series. A uh, little bonus content. We're going to give our overall thoughts of the series first in the first few minutes, and then we're going to get deep into spoiler territory. And we're going to go over the series um, at a high level, but episode by episode, until we get to the finale, which just aired yesterday before Christmas for Christmas. And um, so, Ian, what did you think of the Hawkeye series? as a whole, where does it fit in your MCU series rankings? And what did you think of it being a Christmas?
1: uh, Yeah, well, that that was the big uh, I mean, not a big surprise because it was definitely marketed that way, but Mm -hmm. it was kind of cool that it had this Christmas feel and, uh, you know, whether uh, I don't know how you feel about Die Hard as a Christmas movie, but like there's a lot of content out there that Mm -hmm. can span the genres that feel uh, appropriate for the holiday season. So I thought that this this show fit perfectly in that theme. And uh, I didn't know what to think about Hawkeye before, you know, heading into this. Uh, they didn't give you much as as far as what the story would be from the trailer, but you just kind of got a glimpse when they teased the um, overall direction of the MCU. They had that package that went out on Disney Plus Day, gave you the scene of the the great action sequence where they're testing out the the trick arrows. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's there's lots to enjoy on a, from an action. Uh, an action perspective like this is one of the better uh, action shows i would say that the mcu has mm-hmm. brought out on disney plus um this show it was basically uh, most people know by now was being adapted by the matt fraction uh, hawkeye run the uh, my life as a weapon storyline and i think like you know it's not one-to-one but it definitely it seems like a very faithful adaption uh, adaptation when you consider the fact they had to work with was already established in the MCU they had to take a Clint Barton not from the comics but from what the MCU has built up and I thought no, yeah I would a good say job. so
0: my thoughts going in since you covered your thoughts going in I was a huge fan of that Matt Fraction David Aja um, series mm-hmm. and so I was already in the bag for this series because I saw they use some of the like the cover art I would say it's not really a faithful adaptation as so much as they took some pieces of it to inspire to as yeah inspiration. like Inspired that's by, I not yeah. like, not like beat for it's beat. Not really uh, an adaptation at all, right? They just cherry picked. They cherry picked things like the tracksuit mafia, the yeah. uh, Kate Bishop character, the um, costumes, other, and yeah. the pizza dog. Other than that, it's not really the same yeah. at all. And, but I would that's agree okay with you. because yeah, it has to fit into the MCU, and that 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 story works well as a comic book. But I didn't see how it would work as an MCU story, it's kind of very small scale, even much more smaller than this is. So I'm happy with what I got out of it. Yeah. got the sort of inspiration. They got the sort of inspiration from the comic and they kind of wrote their own, did their own story to fit in the overall MCU narrative. Right. So yeah. I thought it was really well done. I thought um, I liked the addition of, of characters like pizza dog and grills. Although they changed yeah, the grills. It. And um, I loved, I loved Kate Bishop in the comics. I loved everything they did with Kate Bishop in the show. And overall, I think mm. it's a great show. I think Marvel's batting four for four. Um, yeah. They're knocking them, yeah, all these shows out of the park. And yeah, it was good action. It was a bit of a smaller stakes, kind of less uh, non-superpowered kind yeah. of show. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I like how some of these characters they're bringing in now. The characters in the MC are getting very, very powerful. And now it seems like the characters they're bringing in now for this next phase they're kind of bringing them down a little bit because you can get to that problem where you need ever-growing superpowers, and it kind of starts getting ridiculous, right? And so once you pick Captain yeah. Marvel Thanos, it's like, oh, man, are you going to go from here? So now they're bringing in Kate. Uh, she has, like, no powers, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yolina, the second Black Widow, they brought her in the love of the movie. She doesn't really have any powers. So I like that they're kind of dialing it back a little bit um, with some of the new characters. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like... I, I thought the show was great I, I actually my wife it's like her favorite wife power it's her favorite of nice. the mc movies which is kind of cool and um i even though for me it might not be my favorite i still think it's an excellent
1: series It's just yeah it's so- good it's getting a little tricky for me to rank these because the shows yeah. are wildly different like the movies do that too where they have different movies for for different like tone like well not tones but like for different styles styles yeah. um honestly like the, Genres, genre I guess yeah gen- genre but like they've they still kept to like the Marvel formula and these shows are the ones that are really showing you that they're willing to break outside that formula
0: mm-hmm. um
1: so so that's that's where it's getting a little difficult to rank because there's mm-hmm. some things I like about some and others that I like about others so it's like but I, I think from an action perspective this is one of the better well-made ones mm-hmm. um just from like just from The action beats like all those sequences were very well choreographed and very well like thought out and the work with the story and everything so but before we we really get into it i just wanted to say yeah i do agree with you that it's not like my life is a weapon brought to the big screen but it does i think accomplish the same thing that that comic did in that it kind of uh, secures the connection between clint barton and kate bishop and why they're why they work well together and and like it, it still kind of captures the elements of um, that sort of street level nature that that story was like it, it's it's not an exact exact adaptation, but I still get the same uh, good feelings that I get from reading that. That i got from watching this so that's yeah. basically what i was trying to say mm-hmm. but yeah we could we could just start into it we can s- start talking about how the show opened up which i thought was incredible i love anytime it, you know m- maybe at some point it's going to start to feel tired but anytime they can kind of um give us a, a look back at previous event ma- massive events in the mcu and, and kind of make tie things together that way they do it a lot in star wars we talk about execute order 66 and stuff like that, but. You know, here we're going back to the Avengers 2012 and the Battle of New York. So that's a great battle to reference, especially when you start teasing ahead to our deep spoiler talks and and seeing how they're trying to now incorporate elements from outside the MCU, like things that we thought would never connect, like things like the Netflix series, uh, where they only reference the Battle of New York. And maybe it's not an exact translation, but they're at least acknowledging that. I think the multiverse allows them to sort of acknowledge that there's a lot more to the Marvel universe than just the MCU. Um, So I think like definitely when you talk about when you, when you start this show off talking about the battle in New York, it means a lot for not just for this show, but for other things that are involved that, that um, were made sort of in the aftermath of the Avengers. Yeah. And the show takes place
0: at New York around Christmas, which is just classic. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense to have Kate Bishop who's based out of New York, like, it places her in the MCU, right? It makes sense because she's from New York. Anyone that's in this like fictional world, the MCU that's from New York, this would be a huge moment in their lives, right? Because oh, for sure. Game changer. So it, Game changer. So it places her in the universe, it places her and gives her a connection with Hawkeye. Um, so yeah, I liked that too. I thought that was, I, I like do like when they tie things back and they make it, they make the characters uh, make yeah. sense in the universe, right? So yeah, yeah, and you have
1: Hawkeye saving her specifically. So, like, mm-hmm. out of everyone, of course, she's going to idolize him. And it's just cool because he's the most, like, he's the most human of all of them. Well, it's well mean? done because he takes the most flack and people say, like, whose favorite would ever
0: be Hawkeye, right? And then, you know, he's still a hero. He's still going to have his favorites out there. And you see, like, he still, even though he's the non-powered, what I don't know if you want to say lesser, uh,
1: less popular, maybe, he still is a hero and he still can inspire mm. people, right? So that is well, was it, cool. And I got the sense that, like, even after the fact, like, the people that lives he touches along the way, like, kind of sway people around to his side. Like, mm-hmm. maybe he has more favorites coming out of this show than he had going in, which yeah. is kind of interesting. So, yeah, we got that first episode. We got a lot of setup on Kate Bishop. I like how Disney Plus released episode one and two back to back because. I did see that there was a lot of sort of negative feelings surrounding the fact that this is supposed to be a Hawkeye show and it's set around Kate Bishop. But we know as we sort of tease ahead to the end of the series, they really are trying to pass the torch here. So they've got to establish Kate Bishop as a character in her own right and then sort of catch us up on what Clint Barton's up to because we already know a bunch of his backstory. And then sort of they mix them together towards the end of the first episode. So And I will defend uh, that
0: by saying it's a Hawkeye series. And she's uh, Hawkeye. She's Hawkeye. In the comics, yeah. she doesn't have a new name. She doesn't go by Lady Hawkeye. She's just Hawkeye. So well, uh, you could argue you, it, it's fine. Yeah. If they're a breathing main character,
1: right? So and and they joke about that too, right? And yeah. Towards yeah. the end. So so it. I think it's like the people that don't realize that connection or don't really care about that connection right. maybe have a other, other way to think about it, which is fair. But knowing that it's sort of a lot of these shows are bringing in the new generation of heroes, I, I feel like it worked in that respect. And I think um, as the episodes went on, we got way more out of uh, Clint Barton as well. So there was a nice balance between it the two. It feels but. like it's going to be very rare in this next phase of the MCU
0: for a character to make their debut appearance in a movie. If, right. even if you think about Kang uh, Kang mm-hmm. the Conqueror appearing mm-hmm. in the shows I guess the only one was in the movies but I feel like most of these characters are going to appear first you know even Captain America Sam Wilson Captain America most of them and uh, US agent most of them are going to appear seems like to me you know Miss yeah. Marvel coming up in the shows on Disney Plus before the movies. so it's like must watch uh, viewing oh, yeah. if you're a fan of the MCU movies and you want to keep up with what's going on in the movies. I think yeah. the movies are just going to be uh, wild, even more ramped up because they're not going to have to spend uh. the time introducing you
1: to these characters, right? So
0: yeah, uh, that that's a benefit for the movies if you are a
1: person like us who wants to follow along and enjoys yeah. following along. So, and that's a great point because I think that they do try their best to make these. Uh, work on their own, like they're well written, they're well produced. Like the story tells itself, but at the same time, like you said, you get way more out of it if you kind of know the the backstories of of everyone involved, and when they they pop in, you know, you are already you're already aware of where like where they were before and that kind just, of stuff. So it like,
0: feels so much like reading comic books, right? You yes, it, comic it books really does.
1: You do and,
0: different series and characters pop up, characters introduced, and then they come together in sort of an event series. And the movies are going to be more like events, and the series are going to yeah. be more like. Keep uh the individual
1: uh, series of issues or whatever right so uh
0: and yeah, did you cool. did you
1: ever read those comics sometimes they were free they were like preview comics and they gave you like mm-hmm. like multiple sort of snippets of different runs mm-hmm. in that are coming like in the new so i i really i can't recommend uh, the marvel Legends series enough like on disney plus because it's such a great way for like who knows there's such a broad range of fans there's like people like us who watch everything and we're dialed in there's people who have watched nothing or maybe checking out a show for the first time but then i think there's a lot of middle ground where it's like you've seen sort of the main attributes maybe you've seen avengers maybe you've seen Endgame, but you haven't seen everything else in between and then you go to watch hawkeye um if you if you go and you check out like the hawkeye legends uh like i don't know it's like 10 minutes or less it basically gives you like the highlights yeah. of his run up to this point setting you up for hawkeye now you might get a couple of spoilers along the way if you haven't seen everything, but at least when you go to watch Hawkeye, you're like well caught up and then it might even entice you to go back and say, well, what was that from? Like, I gotta go check that one out. And like, I think the legend series does a great job of that too. Cause they had one for black, black widow before the movie came out mm-hmm. and they just seem to seem to do a good job of kind of pulling the highlights that are relevant to the story. Yeah, I, I
0: always watch those too. Right, anything else in the first episode or second episode that you wanted to so so the
1: first episode was uh was key because it was kate bishop trying to do stuff on her own before she meets clint barton right so she had that um that like secret silent auction or whatever it was like the shady business dealings um below the party which her mom was throwing Mm -hmm. um so so it's interesting you got you got her mom you got her um and her mom's boyfriend which they both were kind of giving different shady vibes so i don't know like where where you were thinking with those but i definitely thought at least one of them would be corrupt because of course we got jack duquesne and his dad or his dad or his uncle armand was the one his uncle armand was the one who gets killed in the first episode and after having an argument with uh Kate Bishop's mom. So she goes down to this auction. There's all this crazy stuff going on. They're selling like a Triceratops skull. They're selling <laughs> uh, They're selling the Ronin uh, sword with the Ronin suit and another uh, watch from the vendors compound. So all this crazy stuff they're trying to sell off. And that's where the Traxu Mafia ambushes them. Steals the... They're there w- they're for one thing only, the watch. And Jack Duquesne slips the the Ronin sword into his jacket. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot of good setup in that episode. But like I said, it was like not Clint and Kate it was mostly Kate's story. There was a bit of Clint dealing with his family and trying to set it up for the holidays. Happy to be. Here I like for the, the holidays, sort so.
0: of uh planes, trains, automobile setup of like six days till Christmas, and yeah, gotta yeah. be home t- for Christmas or that the Jonathan bomb. And Taylor Thomas movie. I forget that's a Christmas movie, like that's kind of a Christmas trope of like gotta be home for Christmas. So I love that that was sort of yeah. the back that was Which, sort of in the uh, background of Hawkeye's story, and I, I really they did that.
1: like a they did like a pseudo re- remake with um, what was it called with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis? Due date? Oh yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was similar, was similar, similar to plain Strange Anatomy. So right. it's, you know there's some some Tony Stark Easter egg for you. Know? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
0: the uh, the Jacques Duquesne, is his name. Um, oh yeah, he's in the, the comics. Sword the swordsman in the comics. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: He's actually supposed to have trained Clint Barton, in yes, the, and at the carnival trained him yes. out of fighting stuff. So. And he also, if
0: I, I, I think I'm right about this, but I could be wrong. But there's that Dark Avengers comic that I keep theorizing that this is where we're heading in the MCU to eventually mm. a Dark Avengers. And I'm pretty sure the Swordsman uh, it becomes the the Dark Hawkeye in the Dark Avengers becomes the the Hawkeye because okay. in the Dark Avengers there's a there, it's Norman Osborn. It's probably not gonna be Norman Osborn movies, but he is probably going to be. I think it's going to be. Julie, Louis-Dreyfus' character. Yeah. The the Avengers kind of become owned by the government, and then sort of Norman Osborn works his way in, and he becomes a sort of leader of the Avengers, and he goes and recruits villains to be part of the Avengers, but they take the name of the Avengers. So Swordsman becomes Hawkeye. And so I thought there was something bigger. I thought he was going to be a bigger villain than he ended up being. It was kind of a misdirect, actually.
1: Um, I knew he was and, uh, so mustache twirly. There was no way he was yeah, going to be literally uh, bad really. at the end. <laughs> no, but like, I honestly, he was one of the standouts for me. Like I, I died like his line deliveries. Yeah, every he time funny. he was on screen, I was dying. And like, I wanted to know, you know, where's Jack going to play into this whole thing? Like, like more and more. And I, I love how he got his moment to shine towards the end. He could very well pop up. Like you said, he seems to be this kind of oblivious um, sort of rich type who like has his own hobby as like, fencing and wherever but he doesn't he's not dialed in like he's not like street smart like it's like it's, it seems like you could mold him if you needed to 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 be like part of the dark man like yeah come come be an avenger like yeah why not i could be like archer over here like i could you know what i mean like what why not like i i, I think it's something it's it does leave it open for possibility that we could see him again um <laughs> i love when he had this like recurring line he'd be like uh he'd say something uh and then they call him out on saying it wrong he'd be like is isn't right, is it? Like you just, he would just like keep saying like phrases. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was funny. Uh, no,
0: he was more of the comic relief, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I well, I don't know what else they're gonna have planned for him. I don't think it's gonna go the way I thought that he's gonna you know be the evil hockey. Yeah. But he ended up he ended up being use, a
1: pawn for, to yeah, a bigger scheme. You know, they use
0: all their characters. They're gonna he's gonna pop up again. I'm no doubt about it. They're gonna use him for something. But I don't think he's gonna be the same character as he's in the
1: comics but, guy that but when you said that and... i had a different memory i thought it was actually bullseye that they recruited and uh, they gave him adamantium bones it might have been bullseye it might have been bullseye i can't remember for some reason i thought it was and if it's source. bullseye then the door is still open for that so. yeah yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> Uh, do you want but to, yeah, do no, so, to episode? So yeah, two? so so the big stinger of the first episode is that they finally link up like Clint Barton saves Kate Bishop from the tracksuit mafia, and then they're like, Whoa, who are you? Like, why are you wearing the Ronin suit? And then that's where it comes back. And in episode two, we're trying to figure out like this is basically us uncovering the backstory of the Ronin, which we only saw a glimpse of in Endgame where he was going on a tear after. Uh, Hawkeye was going on a tear after losing his family and taking down uh, crime families and just like laying waste to them basically across the world. So um, he basically made a huge like stain, a huge red in his ledger uh, going forward that like he thought that he would put Ronan to bed. But after this stuff was uncovered, uh, stolen from the Avengers compound and sold at auction. Like now, he's been getting dragged back in because Kate is under the crosshairs of a big crime boss who owns the tracksuit mafia, and they're after her because they think she's the Ronin. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I like that. Um, that was a good way to get her and Hawkeye mixed in together because then he
1: felt responsible for. <laughs> her because
0: he as we know he was ronin and yeah uh, they're only after her because she dressed up as ronin so and he felt so he feels responsible so that was a good way for them to sort of get get them connected he clearly you know didn't want to put her in danger didn't want anything to do with her wanted her to go and be safe but because she'd gotten mixed up in this you know she is his responsibility so that that was good that was a good way to get them uh intertwined and sort of you know, she he he has no choice but to sort of bring her along and sort of work with her. And uh that was, really, was really it was really cool. And he didn't want to at the beginning, and then it kind of comes around in the end and and ends in a spot where, you know, he they're partners. And uh yeah. it's so much like the um the comic book where he he doesn't really want to
1: work with Kate Bishop at the start. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that was good. And and it seems like she's a quick study. I mean that, that could be one of the things you question over a six episode series she seems to pick it up really quickly but she has been sort of it seems like she's been training her whole life to be an mm-hmm. archer martial artist and this and that so it, it is explained it's just like i know that some people were like whoa like she's she's becoming a superhero really fast um but at the same time like i didn't really have a problem with that i, I like
0: superhero show like, yeah exactly her, like
1: exactly mm-hmm. at the top of the series when she takes out that bell tower i thought that was hilarious because like yeah that could be like seen as like really dangerous and stupid but then when you actually look at the fine details the fine print it did you notice it was a it was a tower dedicated to obadiah stain oh that's funny so, <laughs> so you know she what? takes out the I bell tower i want to
0: uh, correct myself you're right it was bullseye that was hawkeye but i thought they were setting up swordsman to be hawkeye i said
1: in a previous when he was cast i was like oh well, maybe swordsman is going to be the evil hawkeye anyways that was just a oh, yeah, theory yeah. i had um, um yeah no so so you know now they're they're and then he gets sent off to like go recover the ronin suit which was great a great yeah. sequence at the with the larpers in uh, central park um uh, you know he he basically um you know kate bishop's place got burned down the the suit got picked up by a firefighter um, and that firefighter happens to be a live action role player who likes to dress up and uh do like mm-hmm. you know renaissance fair type stuff in the in central park, so he goes down to meet grills and instead of just like kind of taking it from him and embarrassing him, they have this funny arrangement where mm-hmm. he's like okay i'm gonna give you the soup, but you gotta you gotta let me kill you <laughs> so yeah, you the, have, humor, the humor show.
0: in this um in this was really good. I thought it was the humor it was the funniest series of the four, and mm-hmm. it helped it helped a lot with the series that it was kind of lighthearted because a lot of it was kind of like silly and ridiculous and then you could tell they're not taking a very serious tone as serious as say Loki because mm-hmm. they had all that humor in there. So I thought that was well well done. I thought it was cool to get Grills the character in there um yeah, yeah and, I, and I, every
1: episode had a major reveal which is why i felt like i truly felt like it got better every episode mm-hmm. that went on like i liked two better than the first and then i liked three better and yeah, so on of course on, they till, have the sort of the end. mysteries in the background
0: who was the murder what's the mom like
1: who murdered the uncle what's the mom up to yeah. what's Jacques up yeah to? because what's the Armand was murdered by a sword and yeah. at one point um she sees Jacques. Eating one of those uh butter like monogrammed butterscotches, and she thinks like, okay, because they were at Armand's place right. that like he grabbed it when he
0: did Yeah, it. And you had um, the watch. Yeah. You had Hawkeye trying to get home for Christmas. You had all these sort of things going on in the background uh, with the plot. Yeah, the watch, had-
1: the watch was an interesting one. We'll definitely touch that on that mm-hmm. towards the end of the series. But um, we got the big reveal of a new villain in the end of episode two, and mm-hmm. I loved the music that was playing when uh Maya was on screen, so we have. Do you remember the name of the actress? I think it was Alakua Cox. I don't remember um, exactly, but 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 she's like um, she was definitely she she doesn't really do much inside of the second episode, but we get to see her in episode three. The tease at the end is that she's the villain behind the tracksuit mafia, and there's this really cool beat playing on in the background, which they never actually brought back into the series it was only towards the end credits of episode two but i really liked that uh, theme and i think i'm hoping that it's going to be her theme when she gets her own show on disney plus called echo um down the line so i'm hoping we we can get some of that music back in there when yeah when for she sure they'd like to do that in the echo show, show.
0: give them their own themes and uh, yeah, yeah. You, had, you had the name of the actress right so yeah yeah they don't call her echo i don't think at all but ever you know that's uh i was familiar with sort of what what was going on around the show. Cause I read the sort of entertainment news, but I was familiar with that. She was going to play echo and that they, she was also going to get her own series. Um, and so I was really interested in seeing the character because yeah. I was wondering, I heard it was sort of like a, um, like character. That's what I was reading that her powers are like, she could learn anyone's ability. They didn't really explore that, that, that power set at all in this show. I'm wondering if they're not going to go there and she's just going to be kind of like Kate and kind of like Hawkeye, just like, skilled fighter or if they're going to actually explore that power set of similar attacks I think faster. at the
1: very least um at the very least they're they're setting up a parallel with uh, Netflix's daredevil character because of the fact that like when you lose one sense because she's deaf and he's blind, like, you lose one sense, your other senses are getting enhanced, especially at a uh, younger age. You're you're going to be using your other se- senses to their maximum because you're not uh, focused on that that I think that's piece. actually, like, not a daredevil. I think that's
0: actually, like, true in re- real life. But I think yeah, Daredevil, yeah, yeah. they took it extra farther where it was, like, chemical, chemicals, yeah, yeah. and it, it enhanced his to, like, superhuman levels. So I don't see any of that with her either, but I wonder mm-hmm. if they will give her some superhuman abilities at some point or if she'll just be like Kate and Hawkeye and just be like a very skilled yeah. fighter but like you said with the, with the enhanced maybe senses so yeah that would be interesting I, I'm, down, yeah. I'm down for that series I'm wondering what it has to do with the further MCU and if she's someone that's going to appear in the movies but um, yeah it's cool to have another that's you know two pretty uh, cool female superhero well she's more of a hero I think I think she was more of a How do you describe it? Sort of like how a lot of these characters start off, and it's very anti-hero, maybe antihero. But it's very um, similar and parallels to Hawkeye himself, who in the comics starts as a villain, and Black Widow, who starts as a villain. So, and you know, Yolena kind of all the Black Widows kind of start as villains. So that that character is seems to be going that path of like starting as a villain, then kind of redeeming herself, and eventually, I see probably probably becoming a hero. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. she's sort of a villain because um not of her choice sort of her circumstance sort of misguided you know born into a family and and but she's i think they could do a good job showing her that she's like a good person at heart and the only reason she's doing bad things is because she's trying to get revenge for the person who killed her dad and things like that so it's a very interesting character
1: in some ways it's more interesting even than the kate bishop character so it's cool she's getting show. Well, and that's why episode three, that was the big one, right? Where we're getting her backstory mm-hmm. and it goes back to 2007. So there's definitely an interesting uh, uh, comparison there because you've got, you know, a hero getting inspired by Hawkeye and you've got a villain, potential villain, maybe anti hero turned anti hero. Um, being motivated because Ronan was right. going on his killing spree, so it's like you've got the same person, Clint Barton, inspiring a hero and motivating a villain mm-hmm. through different actions. That is right? a So thing, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So we got that that d- different setup for these two characters. And um, honestly, she was great, and she also teased the big guy who's her boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, chuckling as you know, big uncle is going to pick you up after practice or whatever. And, and basically, you see this like massive white hand like come and grab her cheek or whatever and he chuckles and you you gotta wonder who that's gonna be right and they've Mm -hmm. been teasing it throughout the show after this point because they got like fat man auto repair and all this other stuff so we've got basically kingpin returning the mcu spoiler alert but um (laughs) kingpin not only a great character from the comics but a great character from the daredevil netflix series played by vincent d'onofrio and i think at this point I think we talk sometimes about like okay when they when they rebooted Spider Man they did it so so closely to the original trilogy like when when we still have so much love for these characters and they're still uh, at their prime like peak acting careers like why not try and like J Jonah Jameson J K Simmons why not try and work them back in and try and give them a role. Even if you're not going to come out and outright say that this is the same Kingpin from the Daredevil series, why not try and give him a, a moment in the MCU to to shine because he did such great work as Kingpin already.
0: Yeah, it's just it's a bit it's a bit more complicated and confusing in this sense because those Netflix series technically were supposed to take place in the MCU. So it's not like you have these two very separate distinct distinct universes and you're just bringing the same actor over. Um, because now bringing him over actually leads to all these questions of like, oh, did everything that happened in the Netflix series happen in the MC or not? And now they kind of have to answer those questions, but they have the ultimate get out of jail free card with the multiverse. So yes, this, they do. Yeah. Right? So those they could always just say those Netflix series or different multiverses existed
1: then, before the multiverse broke, and then maybe something yeah. changed everything. Or, so no, it's like, like you
0: can be there could be a multiverse where Vincent D'Onofrio was kingpin in many multiverses, right? Yeah, so that yes. could just be a slight tangent of yeah. our universe, just,
1: just like Jay Jonah Jameson,
0: just yeah. like, exactly.
1: So, and it's and easy so to I explain think, away that. I think what they're gonna do is what they kind of did here is like make him relevant to the story and sort of pepper in things like where you could question whether or not, like he is doing the same things that we know from the, the day yeah, it's show.
0: fun it's fun for now I, I would like to get eventually an answer of like is the netflix stuff canon or not like i would like to get that mm-hmm. eventually but for now it's kind of fun for them to sort of sprinkle things in and and i think it would be cool if they just brought it all in and made it all canon because actually it was i don't know i was a huge fan of all those netflix series i think across the board everyone that played any villain or hero in most Netflix series was like just amazingly cast and they could just bring mm-hmm. them all in, like talking about Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, um, Colleen wing as a, as a iron fist and, uh, like all of them, right. Of course, Charlie Cox is daredevil.
1: I would love to see him in the MCU. So this is awesome. Yeah, there's for, like, as a there's fan like of- a hierarchy, right? It's like, it's like Charlie Cox's Daredevil, Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin, and maybe like uh, Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones. And then it kind of goes from there. I think there, they're right? all great. Like, I think
0: Luke Cage is great. I think the Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Is great.
1: Um, Mike Coulter as Luke yeah, Cage Mike is Luke is also uh,
0: And all the villains. Like, I think it's all great. I think they can use it all. I think, um, uh, what's his Dave, Dave Tennant as Purple Man was like incredible. That's my favorite villain, probably in all of the For Netflix sure. series. So, yeah, they could. I, as a fan of the Netflix series, I loved seeing Vincent D'Onofrio show up as Kingpin. That was like probably the highlight best part of the whole series for me. I'm not sure that they I was I did have a few like questions about, you know, we'll get into it later actually, but just like how he was portrayed was kind of it leaves a lot of questions in my mind, but we'll get into it when we talk about
1: the well, last episode. I don't know how you felt because for me like I thought the reveal was so crazy because we were kind of like we've been waiting to see the glimpse and obviously they saved it for the finale. But like even in episode five, it was like a hazy photo like it, it definitely looks like him but like it's not mm-hmm. conclusive it's like you're paying with that hold up in court kind of thing like it's you like, expected it yeah 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 so like when they actually opened up the finale with him i was just like this is amazing like, yeah. like mm-hmm. between seeing spider-man no way home and now this it's like a one-two punch in the mcu that just like mm-hmm. it was the best week ever <laughs> oh, i haven't fans. seen i
0: haven't been able to see spider-man i probably won't which is
1: unfortunate yeah. but i would love to stop oh, stupid
0: stupid it's, stuff going on in the this world pandemic. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so where? But we're yeah, like so
1: episode so four was okay. So in the in three, we had the big action sequence where we saw some of the trick arrows, which was fun, and obviously that PIM arrow was really sick too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of they changed it up from what they revealed on Disney Plus day, so there was a lot more trick arrows kind of going on. But it was cool how they played into that. Where I think one of the people that were reviewing episode by episode i remember them saying like oh he's just got arrows everywhere like this quiver is never ending but they actually uh you know they explored the idea that he's running out of trick arrows that he's only got like regular arrows and like you know he, he, <laughs> they need to go and get the actual arrow shafts back so they can make new ones yeah it's <laughs> one of these those nitpicks people have
0: it's like, well, you want to have hawkeye without arrows like come on it's a it's a super. I think it's show. just the
1: the era that we're in that, like, because it's released weekly and like we have this kind of like need to break everything down beat yeah. by beat. It's like people want to like attack every little like peace yeah. for continuity and it's like i don't even think it's a matter of they haven't thought about this stuff i think they make a decision they think about it and they go okay well we're gonna pay that off down here or it's insignificant enough that we don't need to address yeah it. like it's it's big potholes are one thing to focus on and big mystery
0: is like what is the watch but to focus on like why doesn't he run out of arrows it's so unrealistic it's like well look at what else was happening yeah look at like <laughs> this is a different it's a world since to, like, like all the
1: you know infinity saga films like this is a much different world that we live in so like i, yeah. I wouldn't like but anyways well, episode four i'm trying to recall it was the uh it was the one where they're sort of um like doing christmas just the two of them right, right is that the one right? yeah i think so so, yeah. so, so basically the they got caught at the end of episode three and jack had the sword out mm-hmm. and of course it's like yeah, uh, you know, he's just excited to see Archer. And then like and then it's her mom that's kind of concerned, and then she makes a, an ominous call. And of okay, you might have
0: you might have known earlier than me, but this is the first time I got vibes from the mom of like, oh, the mom might
1: actually be evil. Like I didn't think that. So I was playing on the fact that they were they were making Jacques seem like the mm-hmm. kind of bad guy, and then they they revealed him to be the CEO of Sloan. Um so At the end of episode three, they were like, they were snooping and they said, Oh, like he he worked for some company called Sloan. So I looked that up. That was actually, um, nothing in the Marvel comics except for the fact that there's a character with the name Sloan that owned alchemax which got taken over by Kingpin. Gotcha. So I mean, it's very loose, it might not be connected, but at the same time, I was thinking, if Kingpin's involved maybe they're trying to say that this guy is i don't think many things
0: are coincidences in the mcu yeah true if it's named that probably for a reason
1: yeah so like they were definitely leaning into the fact that uh jacques duquesne was this like this bad guy but i just i liked him so much i was kind of hoping that it was a misdirect Mm -hmm. and then if it was i was thinking okay she's been pretty, the mom's been pretty shady from the jump. She kind of disappeared in that flashback sequence and then found her again. We don't know what happened to her dad. Is she involved in that as well? But we don't, that, that doesn't even get answered here. But, but what does get answered is that after he dies, she is in desperate need and she basically turns to, to crime to, to support her, her daughter. So, so, yeah, to stay, like, in the rich lifestyle that they they were accustomed to. Um, so, yeah, just, I, I kind of had a sneaky suspicion about her the whole way through. And then this is kind of where it started to pay off because um, he's just kind of genuinely surprised to see them. And she's, like, the one very concerned that Clint Barton's working with her daughter, Kate. And then so, like, against her advice to sort of stay home, she goes back out with Clint and they start setting up the the sort of final encounter which is like they're they're planning it out like um at her aunt's apartment which i think in the comics her aunt moves to the west coast and creates the west coast of compound mm-hmm. is that true
0: so I there's a so, lot yeah, of yeah,
1: little fun easter eggs here and then they're they're doing the whole like christmas movie marathon ugly sweaters and like this is the most christmas episode out of all of them i think was number four um, I'm trying to remember what the big reveal was at the end. It was it was how they go on the they go the, to get the, the watch, mission. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they go get on the, the Black
0: Widow, the, the Florence Pugh, y- Yolina, Black Widow, and that great to include her in the series in the series because I did love that you know character. right
1: away? Because I was like, I was like, oh man, like who's fighting up there? Like. It uh, wasn't Maya because no, Maya I was so, in the apartment. Man. Yeah, it, it was. It was a great reveal. I thought, like, it was just, yeah, it was um, and it made it made perfect sense because if you're caught up with the MCU, you know, the stinger of Black Widow was that she was sent on a mission to take out Hawkeye, and she's motivated by the fact that she's being told that he killed Natasha, right. which is her sister. Right. So and she, the, I, it, tol- it makes perfect sense that she would be
0: there. I was waiting for her to show up, but I was confused as to, you know, you find out. I think you find out in the next episode, actually she was like the best character when she showed up. The comedy that Florence Pugh brought uh, was amazing. It was so funny. I could watch her all day, so that was a, I loved the inclusion of that black widow, and I was waiting for her from the stinger of the Black Widow movie, and I was confusing when they mentioned in the next episode, let's go to episode five. they mentioned that um, it's, it's the mom Kate Bishop's mom that hired Yolina to kill Hawkeye. and that yeah. was confusing because it, it, that doesn't really connect properly with the with the Aunt stinger and black widow where it was um, contessa valentina fontaine and julie Louis- dreyfus's character that seemed to hire her to kill hawkeye so i don't know how she's connected in the background of all this is she pulling the strings of kate's mom it doesn't seem like it um i didn't know well how that if she's
1: in but... if she's in bed with maybe val is in bed with kingpin in some way or something but maybe it was like the mom needed a job done and reached out to, like, the organization. And then she happened to be the agent oh, that, that was be. chosen, yeah. right? Because
0: I, I thought that she was going to be sort of the the evil anti-Nick Fury in the back kind of collecting these heroes but
1: leaving them on the wrong path. That's what I kind of thought she was
0: doing. But, like, like, maybe, maybe Hutto, it's, like, like,
1: basically someone turning to Nick Fury. Like, do you have a hero that could help with this problem? Or yeah, like, but she's sort of for like evil. He's, she's the evil of the Fury. So it's just like, I need someone killed. So you go to her.
0: Yeah, that, that could be it. I, I think we'll get the explanation at one point. I was just, I was just like, I didn't see how that connected, but now I think there's, there's many ways they could, you know, write themselves out of that corner. It's not like a big, big deal.
1: And I love how they're painting Yelena Belova as this Black Widow character who she will do her job, and especially if it's something that aligns with her motivations. I think she wanted to kill mm-hmm. Hawkeye in that moment, but she's not. Like I'm just gonna murder anyone to do it. Like she's actually saving Kate Bishop instead of like, you know, kicking her to the side. Yeah, of course. I think if
0: you've seen the Hawkeye movie, you've seen that she's like no longer brainwashed. She's actually, you know, a good guy. They're setting up to be a good guy, not a bad guy. So they can't she's not gonna come in and
1: guns blazing and be killing everyone yeah she's doing her. but i really did like the dynamic if we're talking about the the fifth episode i I love the dynamic between kate bishop and yelena and i think that there's something there Mm -hmm. um she kind of ambushes her in her apartment and she's eating like kd Mm -hmm. um (laughs) they had the best (laughs) they had the best uh dynamic and i think it's
0: hopefully setting up for some sort of female all female team crossover and like i would love just them two together you know and they're adding more Female heroes, it seems, with these shows. You got Echo, you got Miss Marvel coming up. Uh, you yeah. Movies, you have the great. Wasp. So I think it's, and I, I, there was a rumbling of, a, of uh, Scarlett Johansson wanting to do some sort of female team up movie. So this could yeah. be sort of the start of it here, which would be great. Yeah.
1: And if you know anything about her character, she's just so like, now that she's sort of woke and then she disappeared and came back it's like she's discovering things for the first time like mm-hmm. she she loved the fact that she had a little girl's night with kate bishop like she's just so awkward in that regard and i think she's hilarious um so i mean the, the, there was a lot of good stuff towards that was there a major action sequence in the fifth episode mm-hmm. oh yeah it was the big uh, confrontation between ronin and maya mm-hmm. and the whole uh, reveal that um yeah it was ronin that took out your father unfortunately but it wasn't Done like deliberately. It was like he was an aimed weapon, and the weapon was aimed by well, also Kazi I think and he, probably yeah. he he the
0: first of all he put it on the suit to fight her and take her down to prove that it wasn't Kate Bishop that was Ronan, it was Hawkeye right. that was Ronan. So that was the point of the whole confrontation, and yeah. then you get the reveal of
1: someone set your dad up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and so then you, it's funny because like the way these things work, it's like yeah, he could have just said that the way he just said like ronan was dead natasha killed him she didn't believe him but like she she knows that there's weight to that like she immediately starts thinking back and going yeah like Kazi was really sketchy around that time like and then putting the pieces together so this is her childhood friend like grew up with him in the same kind of crime family and and uh and this is like the ultimate betrayal to her right and, and her and like uncle because- right like yeah after her dad yeah Yeah. and and that because he's got his own motivations to rise up in the ranks and he'll do anything that kingpin wants Mm -hmm. so it's 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 like a double betrayal in that respect right because like it's like she's losing these people that she thought were her family and it's all at the expense of like they wanted her father out of the way to just like better themselves basically so yeah it was just Mm -hmm. uh, like i think kingpin wanted her as a weapon the Mm -hmm. way that hawkeye is being used as a weapon so he basically manipulated these events so that he could like use her to his advantage,
0: which is very kingpiny, right? He's yeah, you know, yeah. convex. He's collecting sort of villains, and yeah. So then, yeah. the final, which is episode... why we get the
1: great intro to the final yep. finale, which is like basically just, yep, it's kingpin. Like, mm-hmm. I hope you didn't have any doubts because we've been basically telling you it is. Mm-hmm. But like, I love that they saved it to the end because it was like nicely timed. Like I said, came out uh sort of the day before, sort of the day. When did it come out? The day before. Wednesday. Yes, right. the day before spider-man or oh sorry the week after spider-man's release so it's like so basically like the next mcu thing to come out is confirming that kingpin is coming into the mcu i thought that was a really cool thing because we got all these craziness like surprises from the, the movie and now we're getting crazy surprises in, in the show which i thought was crazy so yeah i don't i i loved everything about the show like people were i saw people talking negatively about the finale but i thought it did everything paid off everything that it was setting up i Mm -hmm. thought the finale it was probably the best episode just because of the cool reveal and i and i liked every episode that came before it so i really don't have any complaints about hawkeye as a series no Um, i liked the emotional moments like i liked that uh yelena reconciled with clint um, I like that he made it home for Christmas. I like I like everything. <laughs> yeah, so let's the just show. the final episode it wraps up everything it wraps up that you know the mom
0: the scene is the mom going to Kingpin in the and quitting, basically. And that sets up mm-hmm. the episode of like no one quit. You, no one's no, gonna you quit. You don't quit. You don't quit Kingpin. You don't quit. And that's the only the way big, out is death. Yeah, that sets up the big he wants to send a message, so it's it up the big final fight where he gets all the tracksuit mafia to try to take down. Every the mom. single one of them. yeah like hundreds Kate, of them. And, yeah, and then <laughs> Maya's story is being wrapped up, so so they wrap up the that the mom killed the uncle. They wrap up, you know, who's the big man, and they sort of wrap up Maya's story with you know her finally, you know, she was she thought about it, she was thinking about it, but she finally got confirmation that Kazi and Kingpin set up her dad. So now she's on her own path to be like her own hero. Um, you get the Yolena and Clint uh, face off and reconciling over Natasha's death, which is, I think is a great because that moment is such a pivotal moment in the MCU and uh, Natasha. Uh, sacrificing herself and so you get the ramifications of that and then you get um hawkeye making home for christmas and then you get the watch so that all wraps up right it's a great yeah. episode to wrap up all the sort of loose threads that were going through the the season and uh yeah the stand-up moments for me were yelena and clint and then the hawkeye kate bishop or the hawkeye the kingpin kate bishop fight was that was awesome. a great fight and you know what? kingpin is slightly different in this one he in, in the comic books it's always a or in the cartoon it's there's always a hint of like he's so big that he sort of has some super, pseudo superpower? yeah super yeah. pseudo superpower some some durability and strength and he sort of gets shot with an arrow in the chest it's kind of like the blob in a sort of way and it's like it does barely phases him i don't know if he's wearing bulletproof armor or something but barely phases him and he can take like yeah. he can take a beating like as much as like almost like these superheroes of captain america level right he's not just like a regular human so the fight that kate goes through is like she got it she has to put up like hell of a fight to blow him up and shoot him and hit him with cars and he won't go down right um, the only thing that uh, that was confused that, that about the kingpin thing i loved Vincent and love the performance and everything was like he didn't seem and maybe they're setting this up he didn't seem to be the kingpin at the height of the kingpin uh power He seems to be in like a, you know, he's he's often in like a huge high rise looking over all of New York and that's his city. And sort of the idea is that he is every single organized crime organization all funnels up and ends at him and he's like controlling them all. So every Mm. mafia, every street gang, it all leads eventually to him and he's controlling all of the organized crime. And it seems like in this one, he was kind of just controlling the tracksuit mafia. I thought when he says he's going to flex his muscles, he was going to bring in like, the Italian mob and the Yakuza and like he was going to like really like prove that he it's his city and he literally owns every little bit of organized crime yeah. um, so I wonder what you thought about that is it just the Tracksuit Mafia that he's the head of or is it really the King we know where he's sort of the buck stops here when it comes to organized crime in, in New York
1: yeah that's a good question and I don't know if did you finish Daredevil season 3
0: yes because yeah. wasn't
1: he like arrested in the plaza at the very end mm-hmm. so And then they brought that same plaza back into the show just as maybe an Easter egg, but it was like where the party was and maybe episode four or something. Like they they definitely brought that towards the end of one of the episodes. It was the same location. And like, this is another clue that they're talking about Kingpin. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's like, like you said, like it's completely separate or, is this something where he had to build himself back up because he got completely taken down? And yeah, Daredevil like I space. wonder
0: if they're going to make everything that happened in Daredevil canon, and this is sort of him starting over, mm-hmm. um, or if it's a multiverse and this is a different version of Kingpin, and he's not quite at the top yet, and he's still kind of building. And the Tracksuit Mafia is just what he's the head of right now, and
1: he's going to. Well, because like the way I there, see it, like they they went back to even before uh, 2008. They went to 2007, and showed that he was definitely like running things Mm -hmm. so so is this a situation where this was his startup but when he got sort of too big like in the daredevil series this was like his best kept secret Mm -hmm. like a palpatine final order kind of thing like he's just Mm -hmm. now this i don't this is too close to the chest so I'm not going to involve the rest of the criminal underworld with my tracksuit mafia, because that's too revealing as to who like my, my, my backstory. I don't know if that's like reaching, but like maybe he kept his like closest gang to the chest until he like needed it the most, which is when he like had to start from square one again. So he like went back to like his main crew yeah. or his startup crew. I don't know. Well, like, they, like, it's, oh, oh, unless that's just like completely new. Cause they could, could make, they could make, they
0: could make, daredevil cannings i think you're right in daredevil he saves his life and he just gets arrested in season three and that was many years ago now so they could write some way that he found a loophole and got out of jail and now he's kind of building himself back up and he's uh, reaching back
1: to his like original yeah original gang. yeah so there's lots of yeah. ways like
0: i was just sort of wondering i was expecting the sort of the way they were hinting towards him sort of the kingpin of the controlling all of the gangs not just the one but either way, it's a small yeah. little small little thing and it's kind of a cool Thing to think about, you know. It's one of those little yeah. introducing that gives you something to speculate on and theorize on, and like,
1: where's this Kingpin? Is
0: it tied to the Netflix series? How powerful is yeah, he? You know,
1: as much as we loved like him as a villain and, and Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal, like, I think it's just it's more exciting that like like we kind of mentioned before that it's kind of a window into this Netflix universe, and we mm-hmm. could be seeing mm-hmm. Charlie cox's Daredevil, and we could be seeing like all these that, for me things. Was- so it's, yeah that for me was yeah exciting. like just knowing that they went there means they could do all this other stuff yeah and even like, if they want whether to bring or not in, it's going to connect up
0: it's, yeah even if they want to bring in every actor but it's a multiverse version it's not the netflix is not canon it's still uh, great. That, that, it's yeah, still, still great. Way. I'll still be front That, that yeah. still means the Netflix series is at least a
1: multiverse that they could always relevant go to. because, yeah. like, I, th- I think we've said this, it's like on a lot of parallel timelines, whether it's not the exact same one, maybe they went through the same kind of struggles to yeah. get there. Yeah. So the Battle um, of New so. York
0: can be real, but then there can be a divergent
1: point. They all went through the yeah. Battle of New York, then there can be a divergent point
0: somewhere around there, right? So it still yeah. can make sense and it's complicated, but, um, it's just it's just a way to get the actors that we love yeah you know, i think the rewards Is the mcu i so think the rewards are far within <laughs> yeah.
1: the risks like i think they're printing money at marvel right now they would have yeah. to really uh release a show or a movie that like i know you weren't a huge fan of eternals but like i they would really have to release something that was like even then i think even if they release a flop in my mind i be like mm-hmm. okay what's next like they can't yeah. It's not like they're going to go from hitting 100 percent of the time to yeah. missing 100. percent of the time. I think we they're, said it in our Internals review. They're like, like too big to fail at this point. <laughs> they're not going to. They'd have to seriously have a dip in quality
0: across the board for me to be like not excited about the next thing. I'm not going to just because one. I did not like the Internals at all, but just because I don't like one movie, still, in, I'm still on board for everything else they're doing. And it's more, it's more of like, oh, I'm disappointed that this one movie didn't work out. I'm not rooting for it to fail. I want yeah. it all to be great. And when it, when I don't like it, it's like. I'm still going to be there for the next one. They to, yeah, they'd have to have like five or six movies and shows in a row that I didn't like for me to ever think about not being into it, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's not going to happen. It's hard. so
1: true. And then even with Hawkeye, that was probably the one where I was like least amped about going in. But at the same time, it's like they remind you that Hawkeye's been a pivotal part of this thing yeah. the whole way through. He was massive in Endgame. Mm-hmm. And then like they, they took all those moments from Endgame M- M- that made him stand out and they made it like... They, they made you invested in everything that he was doing in the show. So it was like, it was just, it was really great. And like, it, it becomes even more complicated when I try and rank them because I'm like, I loved all of these shows and now it's getting hard to like, yeah, rank so if, we're gonna rank,
0: if we're going to rank them, I will say let's, before we rank, before we give our rankings, I think it's, I love all the shows too. And what it comes down to is more like, it's not what's better. It's not one's better. It's like, what one did you like more? What's your personal preference? Right. that's what it comes down to it's not like sometimes like we talk about when we talk about other rankings it's a lot of times like which movie is better you know objectively which is never the case really but sometimes movies are better objectively sometimes they're worse objectively but when it's something like um comic movies or mcu movies or series it's more like what's your favorite you know what resonates with you the more so it's not like you're objectively saying these are the these are the four best ones and only one only I'll only accept it if someone has this one first, this one second. It's like, no, these are my favorite. They're all great, but these are my favorite. So yeah, I still have Wonder Vision, uh, WandaVision is number one. I have um, Falcon Winter Soldier as number two. I love that series. I love the rather series that took me on. Uh, Loki is three, and this series is four, but it's still awesome. It's just I know,
1: it's like an asterisk. It's like, it's not... It's not the, the worst show. Yeah. It's, it's really not. It's like they're all good. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm in a similar boat because well, you'll see. So number one for me is Loki. So that's where we're different um, because I think we have Loki and WandaVision swapped. So I did like Falcon and Winter Soldier and then I like uh, WandaVision. But I love them all so much yeah. and I hate to put Hawkeye forth. Mm-hmm. I think like... It's like it knew it was going to be, you know what I mean? It's like they completely leaned into the street-level nature of it and the fact that it's not this, like, game-breaking, like, entity. It's just literally this awesome Christmas story about family. And this whole fourth phase seems to have been about family. So it's, like, it's really, it's, it's like, it's got a heart that Mm -hmm. probably beats maybe even louder than the rest of them. But it's just, like... It's just like I don't know. There's there's things about the other ones that I love too. So yeah. it's just it's hard. Like it <laughs> but I do I do think if we were to take pieces and rank, like if we were taking best action, mm-hmm. it'd either be Falcon and Winter Soldier or this one. Like best action, this one had some great action.
0: Yeah. So appreciate. there's
1: definitely things to love about it. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to ignore like some people are saying some wild stuff, but the the criticism about these MCU projects is getting unruly now. Like, it's just like, maybe it's warranted because it's taking over the world, but like at the same time, uh, I can't take a lot of the criticism seriously.
0: Yeah. I think the conversation of like sort of Disney being the, being a monopoly, and this is why people are really anti these things is a different conversation than like does the series and the art stand alone. is something you enjoyed on Mm -hmm. its own. So I think, people might bring their own biases into their <laughs> reviews and stuff and there's a lot of hate going on on around you know disney in general so what, you know mm-hmm. it's, spider-man's getting attacked for you know um killing all other movies in the theaters it's like that's not the movie's fault you know maybe that's disney's well, fault but it's not the why do they fault.
1: <laughs> yeah but why do they always focus on that side and not the fact that it's probably saving theaters at the same time like it really is saving the industry when it's doing that well. Well I
0: think the argument is
1: it's the only movie doing good and that's the
0: only thing that's the only thing that we're going to get, right? If that's the only thing saving the cinema, then you're not going to have room for other kind of small indie movies and different kinds of stories at the at the movie theater. That's the sort I, of Yeah,
1: I think movie. time will tell, but I think like you're going to see that the indie movies are basically only um they're going to exist on streaming platforms. They're not they're they're going to be made Well, that's what people for... are not happy about. That's exactly yeah, but it, like, right, so but like I don't know, it's it's difficult to say. People don't want to go and maybe spend, especially in a pandemic, like there's there's other factors, but spend fifty dollars to see something that's gonna you're gonna get the same experience on your home television. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's certain there's an argument to be made for movies like Dune and like big scale blockbusters because they are the ones that are made for the big screen. They actually take advantage of the atmosphere, the sound, the picture quality, like the, the visual effects, all that stuff is enhanced by the big screen. It's less so with a comedy or a drama that is just like, like an indie or like that, a story that can be told. Basically, like if you have a really good sound system and, and screen at home, you're not going to see much of an impact, much of a difference. The audience Maybe in a comedy they would, but the audience doesn't react in like a drama the, the way they do in like a blockbuster action film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe with a comedy, there's laughter. I get what you're saying, but I think from the, like the theater-going experience, die-hard like,
0: defenders will say like
1: the experience of the movie, the
0: theater is different, and you know, comedy. Some the people the directors making the movie like they're not even if it is a comedy, they're still making it for the big screen for people to enjoy in big groups, not like people on streaming anyways so this is a different conversation it's, a, it's but it's, you're it is it's a conversation. yeah but i'm not I, saying I that do I, think I, I'm that either side
1: but i'm just i sort of i do think, I think that like seeing like whether or not like how you feel about big blockbusters and big studios taking over they are clearly the ones that are bringing out the people to the theater so without them during mm-hmm. a pandemic yeah. you're not gonna like you're gonna have a fall of the movie theater industry without them so yeah anyways i thought that hawkeye was great uh the post credits or what happened before like sort of the very end that was the watch reveal right yeah so the the, i love that final scene where that he gets home for christmas of course
0: and kate and pizza dog uh are with him and the watch reveal and there was a that was a big that was like
1: what's that compared to like oh we didn't really talk about maya's we didn't talk about maya's finish as well so that was the other thing where it was like okay so we got this great fight sequence between Kate Bishop and Kingpin and she walks away from, him, which is incredible. And, you know, you, you, you imagine he's going to be okay because he's like set up as a big bad. Uh, but then we get a final confrontation where Maya gets to close her arc and confront big Unk for his responsibility and her father's death. He, it seems as though she shoots him twice. Um, I don't know. Do you think they're going to go the comic route where he actually loses his eyes? But then, how does that work? Like, no, I, I, I think know.
0: it's it's the typical. If you don't see it happening on screen, then don't trust it. So, the, both the gunshots happen, you know, off screen. Yeah. So you think he, so. he
1: he? Do you think there's going to be some sort of fight sequence revealed where he he battles his way out of there?
0: I think there's a million explanations. The simplest one is she goes to kill him, and you know she can't bring herself to do it because. He well, she did. She, she did fire the gun. Though. No, but she sort of shoots it in the air or something. You know what I mean? She can't bring herself
1: to shoot him in the head. She shoots him beside his ear or whatever, right? You could. Yeah. There's a million ways to write that. I think you're have- right. I think like they definitely tease the idea that he could be dead, but at the same time, why make this? Go through all this trouble to make this huge reveal and, and, just to and kill do him it off screen, right? Do the sound shots off screen. Yeah. So, yeah, and and then we know about this sort of upcoming show named Echo, and we we I would assume that this is their way of sort of bringing the Netflix universe into the mcu so they could have characters like kingpin and daredevil show up in the echo show Mm -hmm, um and i think that would that would work well with how maya's character set up like the way the story that they've hold mm-hmm. so far yeah. um, so then yeah you were talking about the great like happy ending of mm-hmm. Hawkeye and everyone sort the of Christmas scene and the Christmas yeah coming gathering. together and I think it really does work as a Christmas something mm-hmm. to watch around Christmas and you know we just did but I think even like Christmas is to come I could see myself throwing on Hawkeye mm-hmm. and, and watching it so so yeah so the watch it was I don't know about you but like we we kind of talked about this idea of, of, of uh, her, his wife being an agent mm-hmm. Linda Cardellini's character. Being an agent of Shield, and that's exactly where they went with this. So mm-hmm. they turn over the watch. She says, "Thanks for recovering it." So it would have pointed to my identity because it says Agent Nineteen. Mm-hmm. So Nineteen. Did you look that up? Because I think that that's the agent no. number of Mockingbird. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, I had so, that
0: theory that it was going to be Mock She was going to be Mockingbird because, of course, Mockingbird is Hawkeye's wife in the comics. So
1: yeah, and this would make me if that is true. If they're saying that she's Bobby Morse or Mockingbird, and she might have changed her name. Yeah. Well, I think that's the death knell for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that like these shows, even though they were tied to the MCU at one point, mm-hmm. are basically, like you said, a multiversal offshoot where mm-hmm. we have a different Mockingbird in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. than we do in the MCU. And that will that will be disappointing for a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Character, uh, fans because like with fans of Agent Carter, like these are played by the actors in the MCU and are just assumed until you're told otherwise that they are know a lesser part of the mcu so it's just uh you know it could be seen either way but like i think we've we've kind of accepted this point that like even if they come out and say it's not connected it is connected in the greater multiverse it's just a different parallel timeline
0: i I really liked agent of shields too but like i don't know they it's it was such a smaller scale tv show and they did let them use a lot of characters that they're going to want to use in the mcu so I don't think like Ghost Rider, for example, was a big character in Agents of Shield, uh, and eventually it's like just because they use them in Agents of Shield, we don't get Ghost Rider on the big screen. Like I don't, I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to have to use everything that happened in in Agents of Shield. Like I want them maybe some time to be able to use the Inhumans yeah. in the MCU. So it's like you know you got to give a little and get a little. So I'd prefer I I, I like Kevin Feige give preferential treatment to the mcu and these disney plus series than like the abc shield series it's still a fun agree, series on its own but yeah i don't i don't think they need to really i think they they standard. probably
1: made the decision along the way to just kind of like ignore what was yeah. happening in those series yeah. because of the fact that like um ages shield did long season-long arcs yeah. involving the dark hold and stuff and the dark hold is is something that they're using now in the, the yeah. films. so it's but it's like they just don't want to spend the time to like actually go and be like because you did it here yeah like how'd that affect it here like you know what i mean so so i get that and it, it's still exciting because like like you said they got to get out of jail free card with the multiverse yeah and like, exactly they can basically yeah. just say yeah this happened but it was just an alternate timeline yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. but yeah timeline. It's
0: just, yeah and it's so, a perfect with, thing
1: for them to produce at this point in the mcu
0: it's just a, yeah it, it fixes
1: mean, all continuity problems right i mean with that i would like to say like my, you know, I was talking about the greatest one-two punch that the MCU has to offer. For me, it was connected to the Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. back when uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was released. It was the greatest thing I ever witnessed because I was at the time watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. week to week. They timed their release so that at the end of the Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, they said, Oh, Agent Sitwell is trapped on a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, blah, blah 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 and that was connected to the opening scene of um, Captain America the Winter Soldier so then oh. when everything happens in the Winter Soldier and then you go back to Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. the following week that's when all of a sudden Hydra's popping off and being revealed as running S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole time so everything got blown up in Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. because of what happened in the Winter Soldier and I thought that was such a great and moment that's between the, movies and shows and that's what, what they're starting to do now with yeah the that's Plus the
0: Switch. plate spinning they're going to have to be due and, and yeah. I trust that more than anyone sort of keep these things connected to the shows and the movies especially now they're on disney plus so mm-hmm. that is a cool thing that happened and i think we'll see more of that actually so like they were able to do that once uh, with agents of shield and winter soldier and i it's now they're doing it like a lot more with all these disney
1: plus series so yeah it is really really cool it's awesome it's yeah, an exciting yeah. fan-
0: time to be a fan of the mcu
1: i know and then of course you sat through the credits and you, I, I had a feeling it was going to be something gimmicky but it was similar to the spider-man homecoming uh, captain america Cameo where he just says like uh oh, like mm-hmm. talking about disappointment like for for your patience but now this was a, a basically a full blown sequence of Rogers the musical yeah I loved it I loved I loved it I loved it. It thought was it, was um, it was great so I, I think awesome. it would have been funny if we saw like someone who was sitting in the audience enjoying it like some random from the MCU I thought right. like, it would have been funny but just seeing the sequence in its entirety was mm-hmm. was good enough too but yeah. it was uh it didn't lead you know, to anything more it didn't it was not a stinger that's leading to another plot point but
0: we got enough of that in the show with maya i think
1: and, i think that's yeah. just it like we we got the opening scene was a huge enough reveal even if it was already teased in prior episodes like mm-hmm. we got confirmation of vincent d'onofri on the mcu um pretty sure like i'd have to put my money on the fact that we'll see more of him <laughs> yeah <laughs> even though like the For way sure. they left off, like you yeah. said like off-screen deaths never really hold up mm-hmm. um so so yeah so i think we got We got lots to look forward to and it it was a pretty fun post credit sequence in its own. Uh I think to complain about at this point, like I've seen a lot of that online. It's just like we are just spoiled children at this point. Like we are getting so much great content and people still want more. It's just like it's unreal. But we are at the height of the MC right now. Like like Endgame for me is a special place in my heart, is still number one overall. Um, but we are just firing on all cylinders since that movie, and it's just—it's really starting to show, especially this past week. So yeah, yeah, big, no, big we're, we're we're big like the opposite coming. of sort of a lot of
0: people there that are getting Marvel fatigue. We're just like can't get enough. Yeah. I want more. So the, the Disney yeah. shills, yeah, maybe they, they got to start paying us for, <laughs> yeah. for us to live up to the name. You know, I know, but, yeah. but it's I don't know. It, it's to me, it's. It's the most exciting thing happening in inter- entertainment, so I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. and Hawkeye. yeah, I think it's great. This is a little bonus uh content that we're doing for the Back My Day podcast, and maybe we'll keep doing them if, if people like them, people are listening, or maybe we'll just do them even if no one's listening just because it's fun that's right to talk about the stuff with you. And uh, <laughs> maybe on Dave, the next series, we'll try and get an episode breakdown, or yeah, time. that'd be cool, yeah. So Dave uh didn't finish Hawkeye, so he didn't join us, but um so sorry dave i, I know he, he's enjoying the mcu series too so hopefully we'll be able to involve him in the next one uh but if you check did listen, out our
1: patreon if you're looking for spider-man no way home
0: spoilers if not you're gonna have to wait till all three of us have seen it for our yes class. exactly yeah so so check out us on social media at day back in and find us uh back my day podcast and yes we have a patreon which we're putting some bonus content like these marvel shows and uh some spoiler spoiler talks and uh, we hope to keep doing that so thanks for listening thanks for your support and i'll uh, we'll talk to you next time